By downloading or listening to this podcast, you are agreeing to Moody's legal terms and conditions found at moody's.com slash disclaimer, including that the information provided is not investment or financial advice, and that Moody's will not be liable for losses arising from your use of the information. As the U.S. economic rebound continues, corporate asset-backed security sectors hard hit by the pandemic will continue to benefit. This is particularly true for asset classes dependent on travelers packing their bags once again, namely aircraft and rental car ABS. Meanwhile, other corporate ABS sectors will grapple with or benefit from the impacts of bigger picture societal shifts like the growing popularity of the home office and, if successful, the push for greater government spending on infrastructure. I'm Aaron Johnson, and this is Moody's Talks Securitization Spotlight. In today's episode, I'll talk with Inga Smoljar and Giora Eger from our U.S. Structured Finance Group about the prospects for some prominent corporate ABS sectors. But before I get started, I'd like to encourage our listeners, if you haven't already, to subscribe to Securitization Spotlight and to also check out some of our other monthly podcasts from Moody's, like Focus on Finance, which covers banks, insurance, and asset management. And with that, I'd like to welcome Giora and Inga to our uh, first podcast of the new year. Thank you, Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. Happy to be here. All right. So let's start with the bigger of the smaller asset classes, aircraft. Giora and Inga, I think you'll both have some input here. What do you expect to see with respect to values and lease rates in the coming year, given where we are in the pandemic and their impact on aircraft ABS performance and credit quality? The values and lease rates are relating to global demand for air travel. And in 2021, we saw a rebound in demand for domestic travel, while international travel lagged behind. And we expect similar trend to continue into 2022. And as such, we expect demand for the aircraft that support the domestic travel. And these are specifically the newer narrow body aircraft to have, you know, continue value recovery and lease rate, but for older narrow body and specifically wide body values and lease rates will remain depressed for the upcoming year. And one additional aspect that we consider and is important is the credit quality of the airlines. And while the industry continue to face challenges, we expect the credit quality of the lessees in the ABS to be above the historical credit quality average for the ABS because sponsors, we look to place better credit quality into the pools. And to be clear, there's some bifurcation between the different size carriers, correct? There is some bifurcation, but the larger ones tend to weather storm better than smaller ones, but they're not immune. Okay. Now let's briefly take a step back and talk a little bit about how the pandemic affected transactions in the early days. Was there a noticeable deterioration in performance? Yeah, well, in the early days of the pandemic, aircraft ABS was one of the hardest hit sectors out there. I mean, it was pretty bad with borders closed. Travel, as we know, basically came to a halt internationally and domestically lockdowns and restrictions also caused travel to really become depressed with global RPKs falling approximately 70% from pre-pandemic levels. Now, during this time, obviously, we saw large decreases in lease collections, and many of the obligors in the transactions did request deferrals. So performance, I would say, definitely deteriorated. And just for our listeners, RPK is revenue per kilometer traveled? Yes, that's correct. That's the standard industry metric that gives a sense of travel demand. Got it. 
And moving back to current day, with Omicron emerging, we're seeing that we're obviously not out of the woods entirely. And that's resulting in staffing shortages, canceled flights, etc. So what extent do we expect this kind of reemergence of the virus to affect performance? I mean, it's a little too early to tell, really. However, we do know there is a lot of pent-up travel demand. So at the end of the day, this will probably just delay the recovery and not derail it entirely. We do continue to expect volumes to come back strongly through 2022 and into 2023, which drives our positive industry outlook. IATA actually forecasts that global RPKs are going to get to approximately 60% of the 2019 levels. And this improving travel demand will support recovery of aircraft values as well as lease rates in the aircraft ABS. So at the end of the day, so long as the borders don't close for extended periods of time and flights continue to stay in the air, ABS performance really shouldn't be materially impacted. Got it. So a key here is really kind of travel moratoriums or or closures of airports. Exactly. Got it. Now let's switch gears a little bit. Giora, I'm looking at the rental car ABS world. As anybody that has tried to buy or sell a car in the past year knows, auto prices have been on a wild ride. Can you talk a little bit about how that affects rental car lease ABS? Yeah, so we have to look at the complete picture here. And, you know, the slowdown in auto production not only resulted in higher used car prices, but also rental rates increased over the past year, and both are positive to the ABS transactions. Just a step back, the transaction utilizes what we call a dynamic credit enhancement. That means that, you know, sale of securitized vehicle for prices above their net book value and the cash flow generated by higher lease rates increase the amount of the funds that essentially flow to the sponsor. And therefore, the sponsor, who is the lessee in the rental car, ABS, has better ability to meet its lease obligations, but also it's improved its credit quality. And both of those are positive for the ABS. And finally, I would like to note that, you know, we expect those trends to carry on in 2022. Got it. I might be stating the obvious here, but to our listeners, like aircraft ABS, rental car ABS, also benefits from renewed travel demand as well. It benefits, but the linkage between a rental car ABS and travel demand is weaker compared to aircraft. Rental car companies benefit basically from greater flexibility than airline in managing their fleet size because the assets at the end of the day are more granular and more liquid than aircraft. And what we've seen in the pandemic is that the rental companies right-size their fleet to better meet the change in demand. And other results, in 2021, the fleet utilization was similar to the pre-pandemic numbers at around 70 to 80 percent, and we expect the same in uh, 2022, though the fleet is smaller than what we've seen pre-pandemic. Before we move on, I, I do want to touch on the effect electric cars are having on rental car ABS, even if it is small. Can you talk a little bit about that? So currently, the rental car ABS we rate uh, do not have, uh, you know, direct exposure to electric vehicles, but we expect that to change in the coming years. And specifically, both Avis and Hertz amended uh, their securitization uh, documents to allow the inclusion of electric vehicles in the ABS pool. 
From a credit perspective, when it comes to an electric vehicle, there is a greater, what I'll call, uncertainty around residual value compared with a gas vehicle because of the higher likelihood of technological obsolescence of electric vehicles. However, and this is important to note, the only time it matters is in a liquidation event. Got it. That makes sense. Okay, we're going to move on again. Looking at one of the other major corporate ABS sectors, equipment ABS, which is actually a collection of subsectors itself. Inga, let's turn to you again. Is there one of those equipment subsectors that was harder hit during the pandemic than the others? Yeah, initially, I'd say the transportation sector was the one that was hardest hit early on. Here we saw some deals with almost half of the underlying pools in deferral status at certain points in time. Additionally, SME ABS or any ABS backed by small businesses was also impacted. And this was due to all the lockdowns and business closures that occurred early on. However, currently, we have seen a strong rebound in this, in performance, which is correlated with the economic improvement and business reopening. So equipment ABS deals at this stage are really performing well due to a very low level of delinquencies. Looking forward, if the renewed push for growing infrastructure spending is successful, will that have a meaningful impact on equipment demand and thus the performance and credit quality of equipment ABS? Yes. As mentioned, there are different types of equipment ABS. So, of course, any deals that are backed by construction equipment in particular will be positively impacted by any potential increase in spending. You know, values of construction equipment will be strong and obligors credit will also benefit given an increase in demand for this type of equipment in particular. Okay. To Giora, we know in our outlook that we'll see a growing share of used equipment in ABS we rate. Is that a good or bad thing? The trend we start seeing at the end of 2021, we start seeing an increase in used equipment in the ABS and that's because of the supply chain disruption. And uh, we expect that trend to continue in 2022. However, for most part, from a credit perspective, we have not seen historically meaningful difference in performance of basically net losses between you and use equipment. And the main reason for that is the lessor or lender factored this into their underwriting. You know, for used equipment, we typically see shorter terms and higher down payment to mitigate that risk that is associated with older equipment. And lastly, one thing to note is that in 2021, we saw very strong demand and high prices for used equipment because of the slowdown in production of the new equipment. This benefited transaction because recoveries on defaulted loans and leases were higher. We're going to wrap up here quick. Before we do, I want to throw a couple questions at you guys about some of the smaller or emerging asset classes within the corporate ABS sector. Giora, going to stick with you again. Given the increase in severe weather frequency over the past years, utilities have seen increasing costs needed to cover damage caused by these events. How much will this impact utility cost recovery issuance? We expect in the next 12 to 18 months, actually, to see a big increase in utility cost recovery, uh, securitization. Historically, we've seen one or two transactions per year at small amount. We expect more than 15 billions to be issued in that period. And just to put things in context, over the past year, there have been in the U.S. more than 20 weather-related events that resulted in, you know, 1 billion in damage. Again, 
Not all of that is utility, but just to put in context the severe weather events. One additional thing to note is the change in the costs that are securitized in those transactions. Historically, the issuance was driven around, you know, retiring old power plants or recovering costs mainly for hurricanes. And what we start seeing last year is increasing the type of cost that could be subject to securitization. For instance, in California, the costs that have been securitized were related to wildfire remediation programs. In addition, we just rated the first transaction related to winter storm Uri that hit the south last year, and that deal is Rayburn. So we see a shift in the type of costs that are utilized by those uh, transactions. Got it. So it's not just a growing market in terms of dollar volume. It's a, becoming a more diverse market as well, right? Yeah, in the type of cost, correct. Interesting. Inga, I have one for you. The great resignation, as it's being called, has driven up labor costs in many sectors, and small businesses are acutely affected by that. Have those rising costs trickled down to small business ABS performance? Yeah, so SMEs have faced cost pressures, as you know, due to increasing wage demands. However, performance impact in the ABS will really be dependent on the industry makeup of the underlying collateral. For example, the restaurant industry, we know, continues to face margin pressures due to labor shortages and supply chain issues. Whereas on the other hand, businesses in the healthcare sectors, for example, have generally fared better. So it really will be highly dependent on that. Thanks, Inga. Gira, we're going to finish out with you. With the growing share of the population working from home as opposed to going into the office every day thanks to the pandemic, demand for data from residences has been on the rise. Does that mean more data usage or just different data usage? And how does that affect wireless tower ABS? So one thing to note is wireless data demand been increasing over the past 10 years or so and the trend expected to continue in the coming years. And during the pandemic, there was a shift in location for many employees. And what market participants noticed was that some of their customers rely more heavily on their mobile devices, while others use, you know, their home connections instead. However, overall, there was a meaningful increase in demand for wireless data. And this trend is credit positive for wireless tower transaction because the wireless carriers need to address that increase and continue increasing demand for that. And they do it by deploying more spectrum and more equipment on existing towers, which is a credit positive for the deals. It's worth noting that in the past year, in 2021, there were two auctions of spectrum, one in January, one in November, and the price that carrier paid for that spectrum was very, very high, and they will need to deploy that spectrum on tower to recognize a return on that huge investment that they placed on that spectrum. And that's basically what we're going to see in the coming years. Got it. And how does that trickle down to the performance of wireless tower ABS? So spectrum deployment required to either amend existing leasing, which is an incremental revenue, or add new equipment on existing towers, which is incremental revenue. So it will translate into more growth of the cash flows supporting the transactions. Got it. That makes sense. Okay, Giora, Inga, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Aaron, for giving us the opportunity to share our views. Thanks, Aaron. It's been great.
And to our listeners, a reminder to subscribe and pass us along to your friends and coworkers. We look forward to having you back for next month's edition of Securitization Spotlight. 